Today is August the 16th. What does it mean to finish well? Let's find out together as we read Judges 8 and 9. Here in the book of Judges, uh, we've talked about a cycle that's repeated. It's actually repeated 12 times in uh, the book of Judges. There are seven prolonged stories of Judges that we have. And in those prolonged stories, what we see is that it is not simply a cycle. What's going on is there is a downward spiral. The first judge, Othniel, second judge, Ehud, there's not much negative to say about them. The same goes for Shamgar. With uh, Barak, uh, the fourth judge, Deborah, the prophet, has told him, go against the army. And Barak said, I won't go unless you go with me. So there's something that you can hang something on Barak. The Lord says, well, we'll give the victory to a woman. And Jael actually kills the enemy general. Now we come to Gideon. Gideon in chapter 6 and 7, uh, he, he looks like everything is going well, but all of a sudden in chapter 8, things begin to fall apart. They come to Gideon. They say, uh, rule over us. And Gideon says, no, no, I won't rule over you. My sons won't rule over you. But you can do one thing. Everybody from uh, the booty that you took from the Midianites, just give me a gold earring. They did, and he ended up with 42 pounds of gold. He put it in a fire, and he fashioned for himself a golden ephod. Now, from what we see later, this word ephod is kind of unusual we don't really know what it means. Ephod, later on in, uh, um, well, earlier on in Leviticus, uh, an ephod was a breastplate that the priest would wear. It's possible that this was a breastplate. It appears to be an image because uh, what we see in verse 27, Gideon made a sacred ephod from the gold and he put it in Ophrah, his hometown. Soon all the Israelites prostituted themselves by worshiping this ephod. It became a trap for Gideon and his family. So Gideon makes an ephod, and the people begin to worship it. And apparently, Gideon's okay with that. Uh, it became a trap for Gideon and his family. Uh, he sets the ephod up in a place where people can come and see it. We don't know exactly what's going on here, but Gideon, Jeroboam, the man who destroyed the altar to Baal, now has fashioned something that people come to worship. Again, we don't know exactly what's going on, but it certainly is clear. This is not a good thing. Now in verse 30, um, uh, he, Gideon had 70 sons born to him, for he had many wives. And he also had a concubine in Shechem who gave birth to a son whom he named Abimelech. 
Now, Abimelech's mother is identified as a concubine, but she doesn't live with Gideon. She lives in the town of Shechem. Seems to me that uh, this makes her uh, the second family. Uh, Gideon just had women all over Israel that he was uh, procreating with, that uh, he would have sex with and children would be born they were called uh, Gideon's sons. Well, in uh, chapter 9, Abimelech goes to Shechem, and he said, listen, uh, Gideon is ruling over, r- ruling over you. Wouldn't you rather have one of your own rule over you? Uh, I'm one of Gideon's sons. Let's kill his other sons. This is after Gideon has died, and you can let me rule over you. The town of Shechem thought that was a decent idea, so they killed all of uh, Gideon's other sons, but they missed one, Jotham, uh, escaped and hid himself. Now, after Abimelech set himself up as king of Shechem, Jotham came, and fairly publicly, he says a parable. Now, the fact that he's able to complete the parable and the townspeople didn't rush up and whisk him away, tells us something. It tells us that they were not overly happy with Shechem's rule. Jotham's parable is about um, bushes and all the way from regal trees, cedars, down to olive trees, to a fig tree, now to a grapevine, and finally to a thorn bush. Um, The thorn bush rules over the people. That's Abimelech. And uh, Jotham ends by saying, um, make sure that you've acted honorably and in good faith by making Abimelech your king, that you've done right, by Gideon and all of his descendants. Have you treated him with honor? After the parable, in verse 22, after Abimelech had ruled over Israel for three years, just three years, God sent a spirit that stirred up trouble between Abimelech and the leading citizens of Shechem, and they revolted. They uh, rebelled against Abimelech. He came and he reconquered the town of Shechem. He devastated it. He was not interested in really ruling. He wanted possessions. So he took the town of Shechem. Then he went to the town of Thebes, who had also uh, rebelled against him. He found in Thebes... A tower, the people gathered in the tower. This is probably a temple-like building. Uh, The people had gathered in a temple in Shechem, and so um, Abimelech just set fire all around the stone building, and the fire, of course, consumed the oxygen. Everybody inside died from heat, lack of oxygen, smoke inhalation. He prepares to do the same thing at Thebes. But a woman 
throws a millstone and hits him right in the head. As he lay there dying, he tells his sword bearer, I don't, I don't want to be killed by a woman, you kill me. And so his sword bearer runs him through. And that's the way Abimelech ends. We started with the question, what does it mean to finish well? Not this. <laughs> Finishing well is a concept that just says, as you work your way through life, you do come to a point where you do start to slow down. Finish well. Don't let slowing down be an excuse for making excuses, for not following God, for not obeying, for becoming lax in morals. Finish well. Right to the very end. Be a mentor, one who follows God clearly. Like, follow, and subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you use to listen to it. Tomorrow, we'll answer the question, does everything always work out? <laughs>